0: Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Welcome to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. Walter Storholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi, a state and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm, serving you with offices in Arkansas and Texas. You can find the team online at QureshiLaw.com. Carrie, what's going on this week? How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How about yourself, Walter?
0: Oh, doing well. And we've got uh, lots of fun things on tap for today's show. I think we've assembled a lot of intriguing information. Coming up in a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit about icebreakers, ways to kickstart the retirement and estate planning conversation. I think that should be a lot of fun as we'll talk about ways to uh, get that conversation going to make sure you're asking the right questions. And we love answering questions here on the show each and every time. So we've got questions from Richard and Jim This week, good questions about some college planning and investing and also uh, gifting assets. So we've got a couple of different topics to cover on today's show. But I thought we'd start things off this week, Carrie, with a quote of the week and uh, just to kind of get the juices flowing, the mental juices flowing this week. So this is from Paul Samuelson, who was the first American to win the Nobel Prize in economics. And the quote is investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. If you want excitement, take $800 and go to Las Vegas. I thought you'd like
1: that one. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> that for so many different reasons. And it's like I tell people all the time my investing philosophy is not sexy and not exciting, but it works. And it's about managing your emotions and staying disciplined long term. And so like he said, if you want excitement, you know, go to Vegas because that's not what you want to do. You don't want to gamble. You don't want to speculate with your investment portfolios.
0: It's kind of like uh, since we're sort of rounding as we record the podcast today, rounding into baseball season, it's like the home run hitter is exciting, but they also strike out a lot. Typically, the guy that's consistently hitting singles and doubles may not be quite as exciting of a player, but boy, you certainly want them on your team because they're going to help you ultimately win. And that's what we want. So good. Great
1: analogy. Yeah.
0: Good embodiment of that quote for sure. So we'll use that as our guiding light on today's program. Remembering that it's not about, uh, you know, sexy investing choices. It's about stability, consistency, making wise choices as we go through the process. Well, you know, Carrie, I think sometimes on the podcast, if someone comes into your office, it can be a little difficult. You know, we talk about money. That's hard for some people. Uh, We talk about death. That's really hard for some people. Sometimes it's long-term care and and other serious topics and issues. So sometimes it can be hard to get people Going, uh, get that conversation started, and that's going to be detrimental if we can't have an honest conversation with somebody as they're looking to plan about these things. So we wanted to go over some of the best ways to kickstart that retirement and estate planning conversation. We'll call these financial icebreakers and see if they can kind of get you in the proper mindset to start thinking about planning for your future. We'll kind of break these down into retirement section and then a legal section to get you thinking about both directions. So first question you could ask yourself, Carrie, would be picture yourself retired and it's 1045 on a Tuesday morning. What do you see yourself doing right now? That'll get people kind of closing their eyes, I think, and imagining what that really would look like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this one, it lends itself to so many different answers because it really depends on, you know, the client's ideal vision of retirement. And so maybe for some people, they'll be headed out the door to go play golf or tennis with some friends, maybe out to do some shopping or on a cruise. I mean, this is a great question to really see what that client, what's their ideal retirement look like.
0: That's yeah, a great point because most of us would probably say 10 to 45 on a Tuesday morning right now we're working, and that's not going to be the case when you get into retirement. So we want to always be driving these conversations to not just about the financial side of things but the lifestyle portion as well. that one certainly gets the ideas flowing from the lifestyle standpoint. Another icebreaker question. If I was a financial genie in a bottle, since they're remaking Aladdin right now, uh, if I was a financial genie in a bottle, what financial problem would you wish for me to solve?
1: You know, you can probably hear a lot of different answers on this one as well. But I think the most common one would be not running out of money. Right. And, you know, I, I think that's one of our greatest fears. And so for our clients, you know, we need to put a plan into place to help minimize that fear and show them, you know, here's the numbers, here's what you can spend, here's, you know, the cushion amount that we've built in. And I think that that gives them a lot of confidence in being able to go out and enjoy their retirement. Because on the other spectrum, you know, of the fear of running out of money is, not enjoying your life and retirement and not spending that money that you've saved up and worked so hard for. And so I think that that's a balancing act on the financial end.
0: Actually, Carrie, I think uh, everybody knows that you're supposed to ask for more wishes when you're talking to
1: the genie. Well, usually that's a rule of the genie that they don't give (laughs) you more wishes, though, Walter. (laughs) you got to ask
0: first at least, though, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, usually it's one wish. Sometimes they give you three. It just depends. There you go.
0: All right. Well, another question, since we're in the, the realm of hypotheticals here. Let's say if I gave you all the money you thought you could ever possibly need, and the only thing I required of you in exchange was that you have to get up every day and do something that you're passionate about, what would that thing be? Another one of those kind of lifestyle questions.
1: Right. It's kind of like the first question as far as getting to know that client better and and what they're passionate about. Not necessarily something that you have to do, but it's what you want to do. And so I think unlimited possibilities when it comes to answering this question.
0: Also, I think this would be another great icebreaker if you're planning for retirement. Knowing what you know now, how or what would you have done differently when it comes to your financial life, sort of looking back in the past?
1: Yeah, that's a great one too. But I think for that question, a lot of our clients would probably say, I would have started putting money away earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have started saving sooner because not saving soon enough, you know, forces you to take on more risk later on in life, to have to be more aggressive and not being comfortable with that decision. And so we hear that a lot, saving sooner, uh, also contributing to your 401k and getting that Employer match. A lot of people are missing out on basically free money because one, they're either not aware of that option within their employer's retirement plan, or two, they don't think that they can put that money away now because they need it for expenses, monthly expenses, and and not being able to budget that in the way that they need to.
0: If you're on the younger end of our spectrum in our listening audience. Make sure that you're learning from those who have gone down this path before you. And so, so often, the number one thing people wish they could do differently is definitely save more and save earlier. And so try to learn from other people's, I won't say mistakes, but just what they know would have helped even more if they had done that in the past. So try to remember that. Last but not least, on the retirement side of things, another icebreaker to ask, what do you want to cross off your bucket list in the next 10 years to be able to look back and feel like you've really accomplished something?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there could be a lot of different answers on this one as well. Maybe it's something financial, like it's a numbers goal, like maybe I save this much money, but it also could be maybe giving to charity or setting up a foundation or creating this business to pass on to their kids. And so, yeah, I think that that's a very interesting question.
0: I think a lot of these are trying to drive to the point, Carrie, that retirement planning really is not so much about, okay... Here's the money. What can I now do with my life? It's what do I want to do with my life? And then how do we take the money to accomplish those goals?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Even on one of our slogans, I think we have it about our financial planning. It's not about the money. It's about what money enables you to do Mm. for your life.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, we can't ignore the legal side of the conversation too. And sometimes this is even more difficult for folks to talk about. And so some icebreakers to be thinking about here. When you are gone from this earth, what is the most important thing that you want for your spouse, kids, and loved ones? And that starts to drive at the heart
1: of the problem. Right. And like you mentioned earlier, it's not pleasant talking about money or or death or incapacity. And so, you know, I think there's that fear in the back of your mind about talking about it will make it somehow come sooner, which is absolutely not true. But, you know, when it comes down to estate and legacy planning and what you want for your loved ones, you know, as humans, there's really two things. It's being okay or not okay. I think in its simplest form. Hmm. And so if you're gone, you want to your spouse to be okay. You want your kids and your other loved ones to be okay. And so when you start really drilling down to what does this mean? It means, you know, one, that they have enough money to live off on, that you leave them a little bit. And two, that they're protected from, you know, taxes or creditors or from a future divorce that would take that inheritance away from them. Um, you, You want them to be protected and loved. And by having a proper estate plan, you know, that's what you're giving them.
0: Another way to kind of get to the point of this idea or this question is to also ask, what do you want your legacy to be? And I know that legacy, some people that doesn't do anything for them. It's not that important. Other people, it becomes uh, a very important part of the planning process.
1: Yeah, everyone's different. Um, You know, we have clients that come in and, you know, they just want to focus on the financial assets and that's the most important thing. But for others, you know, Part of proper estate planning is planning for your non-financial wealth. And we look at, you know, how do we preserve your stories, your family history, things that you want the next generation to know about you. I mean, that is really part of good estate planning. And so, you know, there's a couple of ways to do this. We always include in our estate planning binders, we have a family interview and you can go through and ask you questions about what was it like? in your childhood? How did you meet your spouse? What was it like raising children? Just a wonderful way to preserve those legacy items. But then there's ways to either, you know, video yourself and make a video to your kids or grandkids, or even answer questions like that, that are created and turned into a book. And so I think everyone's definition of legacy is different but that needs to be part of the conversation.
0: Good points, Carrie, and really helpful conversation starters. So remember that if you have trouble, I guess, Carrie, getting the conversation started with maybe your spouse, maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're comfortable talking about these things, but your spouse isn't. Do you in your office try to help people with these types of conversation starters, these icebreakers, you know, get couples talking with one another, or if it's somebody who just is uncomfortable talking about these things with maybe their children, you're just trying to facilitate that conversation, not to say that you're kind of entering the realm of, you know, therapists at that point in time, but, you know, just trying (laughs) to make it easier for people to kind of bring these things out front.
1: Right. I mean, and, and if they can take the first step by at least scheduling an appointment, a family wealth planning session to come into our office, then we can take it from there. If you have a spouse that is reluctant to talk about it. And a lot of times we find that, you know, they're not being stubborn or difficult, but that there's some real fear behind you know, these issues. And by sitting down face to face and talking about it, either with a couple or with the children, you know, once we get them out into the open, we realize that there are things that we can do to address all of these concerns. And that's part of having the integrated financial and legal life planning is to take care of them so that you don't have to stay up at night worrying about, you know, all these issues.
0: If this sounds like you at all, be sure to give Carrie and the team a call at Qureshi Law Firm, 870 275 4304. Your number to dial, Carrie's got offices in Arkansas and Texas, 870 275 4304. That number to call or go to QureshiLaw.com. We'll have a link to the website and that phone number in the description of today's episode as well. In case you're listening on uh, one of the podcast apps, you can look there and find the spelling of Qureshi and also the phone number as well. Very helpful information. Remember to d- start the conversation about retirement and estate planning it's so important communication is at the heart and center of all of this kind of stuff so it's really important make sure that you're using some of these icebreakers if you want to to help get the conversation going all right time to get to know carrie a little bit better on today's show one of our favorite parts of the program it's getting to know you time hey Well, Carrie, it's so important that you get to know your clients when they come in to meet with you and talk about the things that are important in their lives. And so we also think it's important that they get to know you as well. So I come up with crazy questions to ask you each week here on the uh, program, and uh, we get to know your personality a little bit better. We're going to ask you to look forward, and also we're going to talk about music on this week's show. What live music performance would you really like to go see? What's like at the top of your list of something you'd like to go see soon?
1: Hmm. So I'm not a big concert goer. Like I've never really been into the live performances, but I've been dying to go see Hamilton on Broadway for like the past two or three years. And so hopefully in the future, somebody like a husband would uh, surprise (laughs) me with tickets (laughs) (laughs) or anybody else in my family for a birthday present. I do have my birthday is coming up in April. So that would be a wonderful birthday present as well.
0: Oh, that's too funny. So, yeah, so not a concert. I didn't specify. I did say musical performance. And so that would be, uh, that would qualify. Hamilton. Okay. I haven't seen Hamilton either. And oddly, I'm also not much of a concert person. I've been to a few, but it's just not something that's really at the top of my list you know every year seeking out the best concerts I don't know why it's just I think I've always liked music just on a pair of headphones by myself is when music is sort of the best (laughs) but that sounds really right so
1: you you don't have anything that you would want to go see
0: um there's a jazz artist that I like a lot just because I grew up listening to him because my dad was a, a big fan Pat Metheny and I've only seen him in concert three times and all three times really he was doing some like More experimental type stuff, and not really like his go to type music. So I'd love to Mm -hmm. see him in concert with his more go to music, but he rarely tours in my area. So he's usually overseas or or up north somewhere. But anyway, just I would put that on the list, I suppose. But I did go see an Imagine Dragons concert uh, last year with my wife. She's a big Imagine Dragons fan, so that was pretty cool. That was like the biggest concert I've ever been to. At the the laser light shows and and that kind of they they put on a pretty good show. It was pretty neat. So but it's yeah, I'd rather go a sporting event or something like that. But we all have different personalities, I suppose. So Hamilton right. hint hint, Hamilton tickets for Carrie. <laughs> if you want to win some bonus points. All right, that's getting to know Carrie Qureshi. And now time to get to know you a little bit more as we answer some questions on the mailbag to wrap up this week's show. Opening up the first letter here, it comes to us from Richard in Bono. And Richard says, my mother isn't doing well and will probably need to go into a nursing home soon. Sorry to hear that, Richard. I've read that she can gift assets like her home and bank accounts to her kids so she can qualify for Medicaid. Is that correct?
1: Well... There's a couple of issues going on with that question. And so I want to kind of break it down into pieces. And so if they're getting ready to qualify for Medicaid, that can be a very complicated area of the law. And so we have to be very careful because Medicaid has something called their five-year look-back rule. And so if you gave away all your assets today and tomorrow filled out your application for Medicaid, Medicaid wants to know not only what you own today, But what did you give away or sell for less than fair value in the past five years? And so gifting any of the assets within a five year time frame can trigger a huge penalty for the mother. And so you have to be very careful with the penalty period. But not only that, you have to look at tax issues as well, and especially on something like a house because what people don't understand is when you gift assets during your lifetime, then you are giving that child the cost basis in the mm-hmm. asset that you had. And so I know that's complicated. So just for example, say that you bought your home for $100,000 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. And now it's worth 200000 Okay. as of today's date, okay? If you give that asset to your children today while you're living, they're going to keep the $100,000 cost basis and then if they go and sell it for $200,000, they are going to pay capital gains tax on the difference of 100000 Okay. and compare that to inheriting an asset upon death because if you just leave that child or children, that asset upon your death, they get something called a stepped up basis, which means now instead of a $100,000 cost basis, it's $200,000 cost basis, because that's what fair market value was of date of death. And so now if your children go and sell that house for $200,000, is zero tax, capital gains tax, because they got a stepped up basis. So you have to be really careful in assets that you give away during your lifetime if they have a low cost basis. And so houses farmland, other real estate. Those are all, you know, assets that could be highly appreciated during your lifetime. And so that's a point I want to make. But you also have to realize that when you're gifting assets to your children or other family members, you know, the mom is going to lose all the control over those assets. She's giving them away with no strings attached. And so, you know, that could get lost if the kids ever had creditors if they went through a bankruptcy or were sued you know mom could lose all of her assets and so you know the main thing to know here is that this is a really tricky area and you know you need to talk to an attorney that's experienced in long-term care and medicaid planning because you don't want to mess this up
0: always appreciative of creative problem solving but this sounds like one of those areas where that creativity can get you in trouble so
1: Right. Be, and be and, and then you realize it too late and you can't go back and undo things. And that's really sad.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Next question comes to us here from Jim in Paragould. He says, my kids will start going to college in about four years. Oh, you're going to like this question. I currently have all their college savings in technology stocks. Mm. Should I diversify and what should I diversify to? I hear we're expecting a recession in the next year or two, so I want to make sure I'm positioned properly to weather the storm, but also add some more return to the coffers in that time frame.
1: Mm, Okay, so I think Jim has probably never heard of the expression don't put all your eggs in one basket (laughs) because this is very scary. I mean, we've seen the tech stocks do very well over the past couple of years, but that doesn't mean that they're going to continue to do well. And I think with kids only four years out to college and needing that money that this is a very risky portfolio and I think on the last show we talked about you know investors having you know really two main emotions you know when it comes to investing and that's fear and greed and when I look at something like this I really see, the part of greed taking a role because, you know, you're trying to beat the market as a whole. You're trying to get all that great return on the tech stocks. But the thing is the tech stocks could blow up anytime or not, but they could and leave your kid with no money for college or a lot less. And so, you know, our recommendation is, you know, always to diversify across all asset classes, right? Because we don't have a crystal ball. So we want to own an investment portfolio that can weather both the ups and downs of the market. I don't want to be sitting here thinking, when do I need to move from tech stocks to, you know, growth stocks? And so, you know, when we talk about real diversification, I'm not talking about just U.S. stocks, international stocks and fixed income, but even deeper down, you know, what percentage is large and small asset classes? What percent is growth and value? And so, you know, really to have a real diversified portfolio, we're looking at, you know, 12,000 or more, unique holdings in an investment portfolio. And so definitely want to make some changes there and not have everything in the tech stocks.
0: Yeah. And it's not to say that, Jim, you are necessarily being greedy. It's just that that element of greed maybe trying to rear its ugly head as you look at this situation. And so we want to try and keep that, that greed, that, you know, the picture of the devil and the uh, angel on your shoulders, you know, we want to make sure that that devil is not leading us down the bad path of trying to get, you know, more than we need. It sounds to me like Jim's already got the money saved. He's just trying to squeeze out a little bit more here. So, you know, I'd say this is more of like, Hey, time to pat yourself on the back you know cheer and celebrate that you've saved enough for the college years here and now protect them absolutely
1: money. yeah absolutely send them send them to college and let them go you know but as humans you know we just have those emotions yeah. and we're constantly having to fight them with you know our our knowledge and our brain power and it's easier said than done
0: remember the purpose for your dollars and the purpose of these dollars you have identified is to pay for college, not to continue to earn, you know, some measure of return it's to pay for college. And so if the mission is accomplished, mission is accomplished. Keep that in mind, Jim. Use other dollars for that other purpose of growth. And that's a lot about what Carrie has talked to us about in the last couple of episodes of the podcast from the financial standpoint, making sure that we have you know different purposes behind our money. That's the idea kind of behind the different buckets. All of these things, as you can see, work together. And that's the tagline of the show, Carrie, the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. We have certainly done that on today's program, dipping our toes into all of those different subjects. And I know that that's also something that you into into when you help people out with the Family Wealth Protection Toolkit, a great resource for folks who are kind of looking to start their financial, legal, and life planning process. What have you put in the toolkit, and how can people get a hold of one of these?
1: Well... You know, we really include a wealth of information about how you can protect your loved ones, build your wealth, and create a lasting legacy. And so it has a couple of our books on estate and wealth planning. We have an audio CD and a lot of other great reports. And so that's really going to be your first step into getting educated about the different subjects. And they can go to our website at www.KharashiLaw.com, and like Walter said, we'll put the link in the show notes for you, or they could give us a call. Our office number is 870-275-4304.
0: Great easy ways to get your hands on that Family Wealth Protection Toolkit. Again, it's a physical box that Carrie's gonna send you with lots of information, reports, an audio CD, and other information in there as well. Uh, Great way to begin your planning process for your financial future covering all those different elements of financial legal and life planning go to QureshiLaw.com, call 870275 4304, or just check the description of today's episode and you're going to see the proper links to take it to get that family wealth protection toolkit, all that available to you there. Carrie, thanks so much for the guidance on today's program. Always a fun time and we'll do it again next time.
1: Yep. Thanks so much, Walter.
0: For Carrie Coracee, I'm Walter Storhol We'll talk to you next time on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.